The Cactus Plant Flea Market Box has arrived at McDonald's. Order one and get a unique box with your choice of a Big Mac or 10-piece Chicken McNuggets and get fries, a drink, and one of four collectibles. At participating McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy-efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today. It's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy-efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are live. You all know the drill. We're going to let it breathe just for a couple of seconds. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast, presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me, as always, my partner in crime. You know him. You love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, we have wondered for the last three months what the NFL was going to do about training camp, what the NFL was going to do about the preseason. Fans still on eggshells a little bit, wondering if the season's even going to happen. Well, we know that they, the league is sticking to its guns in regards to training camp starting on time, which is July 28th, but it just came down the pike today, the news broke, that the preseason has been cut in half. What's your reaction to that, and what could some of the implications for the Broncos be? You know, I'm not too surprised. I think we talked about that the NFL was considering slashing the preseason schedule, and I wouldn't be surprised, Chad, if we had no preseason games when it's all said and done. My personal reaction is uh, the Broncos only play the Bears and the Rams now August 22nd and August 29th. That's one home game against the Bears and one away game against the the Rams. To me, it's a little weird that they're starting camp July 28th. We're going to go almost a whole month without there being a football game. It's just, it's another cog in a really weird, unique off season. And we just have to keep rolling with the punches. I like what they're doing and they're, they're maintaining a sense of safety and they're trying to preserve the regular season. Cause that's the most important thing right now, but it's just weird. We have more things taken away from us. We don't have practices. Now we're losing preseason games. I still can't get on this, this wavelength. It's still weird to me with all these different changes and we're just keep dealing with them. It is weird that if you're going to cancel the preseason any of the preseason, why have even one preseason game? Like, I, But in my opinion, it's better. Two is better than none because yeah. as it relates to the utility of the preseason and why it's important to coaches and why it was important to the NFL, it's not just a revenue thing because we don't even know if fans are going to be allowed in the stands. It really comes down to right now rosters are sitting at 90 guys and eventually they're going to have to whittle that down to 53 on the active roster and whatever they – upped it to is it 12 now they can carry on the practice squad and that might change that number might go up and as a result of the word that shall go unmentioned but the preseason is what really helps coaches kind of suss out and figure out which players deserve to be on the roster because you know coaches can sit and watch players how they perform in training camp how they work in individual drills practices it all helps. It's part of the picture. But Zach, seeing them in an actual competition against outside competition, it's much more 
solid. The, the information that provides is much more, it's, yeah. it's more bankable for coaches and GMs trying to formulate a 53 than just watching them in, in training camp, watching them going against their teammates in practice. So at least there's going to be those two games to help really shape these rosters in the best way possible. Yeah, in a normal year, the preseason is just for for that. It's for roster construction. It's for the coaches. It's scouting. It's breaking down game tape. Uh, but I think this year the NFL is thinking they can't roll from July 28th until September without there being some sort of live live action, live simulation of a football game. The players have to have a little you know, opportunity to shake the rust off. They have to travel for one game. They want to be home for one game. It's it's the closest thing to a simulation we're going to get into the regular season, though I wouldn't be surprised because of the, the way the NFL has talked about it if this two-game preseason was the the norm from here on out, from, from every season beyond just this year. I, I wouldn't be surprised. Four is a little much. Five with some teams like we had last year with the Hall of Fame game. Injuries mm-hmm. and, and the risk factors, you only need really two games to form an evaluation. And I think you only need two games this year to shake the rust off and get kind of reacclimated to football. Yeah, I don't disagree. <clears throat> I'm just glad that the NFL is continuing to view this with a forward-thinking eye mm-hmm. in terms of you know, we might have to make some adjustments. We might have to make some tweaks, but the season is going to happen. Football yeah. is going to be played. Unfortunately, we don't quite know yet exactly what the protocols are going to be for Broncos fans anyway in the state of Colorado and how the team is going to view attendance in those stands. It's You're not going to be allowed at training camp, but we'll see how it shakes out with regard to the schedule. But guys, we got a great show for you tonight. Not only are we going to later on in the show break down yet another kind of shot across the Broncos bow from Philip Lindsay on social media, and we'll, we'll talk about that. But we also have installment number two of the Huddle Up podcast, bringing on a super chat superstar, get to know them a little bit, weaving them in from the community onto the show in James Campbell. You know him as James Campbell in the in the community. On Twitter, he's at Jolt from the Holt. We're going to bring him on here in just a few minutes. And, of course, you've heard us mention this before. He's probably talked about it in the chat stream. He is from across the pond. We always talk about Broncos country is not a geographic location. It is a state of being. And James is one of those guys that exemplifies the hashtag state of being. So we can't wait to talk to him. We'll bring him on here in just a second and find out how in the Sam Hill he ended up as a Broncos fan way over across the Atlantic Ocean. But first, just a couple of really quick matters of business. As the show continues to grow, even during this extremely dead time on the NFL calendar, we want to make sure all of our new listeners know how to connect with us on social media. The simplest, easiest way to connect with the Huddle Up podcast is following us on Twitter, at Huddle Up Pod. That's how you keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. And while you're at it, you're going to want to make sure you also follow the mother account, at Mile High Huddle breaking Broncos news and analysis as it's unfolding also in real time. And gang, if you're in a position, check out the merch store, huddleuppod.com. Get your swag on. Get yourself one of these football priest hats. Get yourself a T-shirt, a Mile High Huddle hoodie, a mug. There's a little something for everybody. If you're in a position, check out the merch store. It's another organic way to support what we're doing here at Mile High Huddle. And if you're not in a position, it's all good, guys. These three simple things help in more ways than you can imagine. Subscribe, especially if you're on YouTube. Like the video, regardless of where you're watching it, whether you're live or if you're listening, watching after the fact. And if you really love what we're doing for you, if you really love what Zach and I are bringing to the table for you, 
four nights a week on our podcast. Share this video out. Help us grow and reach new like-minded listeners like yourself in Broncos country. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Have you been waiting for just the right job? Then welcome to the end of your search. Amazon has seasonal warehouse jobs in your area, and now is a great time to apply. You can start getting paid right away and work close to home. Applying is easy. You don't even need an interview. So what are you waiting for? Come join the team and get a great seasonal job offer today. Visit Amazon.com slash hiring. Amazon is an equal opportunity employer. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, Zach, real quick. I want to grab James, but I just, before this stream does anything, I want to be able to cruise down and see people's comments because we want your, any questions you might have for James as we're going through our segment with them, get them in the chat stream. Wannabes will keep an eye out for them and we'll, we'll see what we can do. I want to grab these two quick super chats from the one and only Mark Langley. Bring a little levity in. I, I'm guessing there's going to be a little levity here from what Mark has to say. Just a and little. I, if I were a betting man, Zach, I would wager it has a little something to do with uh, making fun of Garrett Poles. a little bit. Let's see, though, real quick, and then we'll grab James. Mark jumping in. Generous, as always, on Super Chat. Bonafide superstar. He says, <laughs> Garrett's favorite band is Green Day, okay? Like a six-foot, 300-pound. Turd, kerplunks. Hashtag kerplunks. That's right. And, <laughs> and as someone who was a Green Day fan growing up, kerplunk was the second record. And he says, in a used toilet bowl, while his dog, hashtag dookie, that was the third record, is taking one too. Looking at him saying, welcome to Paris. What the hell, dude? Mark, you've got too much time on you. Oh, this was funny, Chad. But Zach, it doesn't end there. He uh, doubles down. Oh, man, look at those hashtags. Appreciate appreciate the super, as you know. Yeah. He says, what's up, my guys? Hashtag Garrett, check your drawers. Hashtag Garrett, change your drawers. Hashtag Garrett, what's in those drawers? <laughs> Hashtag Garrett, what's living in your drawers? Oh, Hashtag man. Garrett, here's – There's a graveyard in your drawers. <laughs> Use toy most football. All right, all right, all right. Mark, <laughs> we, we appreciate the levity as always, my oh, friend. Oh man. And you know what's funny? We're gonna grab James just one second. But you know what's funny is this comes the day that Garrett Bowles releases a very intense and kind of well put together workout video on yeah. social media that really makes him look like he's busting his rear end to get into football shape. So maybe Mark, maybe that came across one of Mark's social media timelines and he felt like he needed to to uh make some fun. 
of Garrett Bowles. Yeah, maybe. I, I just I think I laugh at this a lot harder than it has to be, Chad. It's, <laughs> it's very funny to me. But the thing with Garrett Bowles, I'm not going to go on a tangent. I don't really want to see him smash a, a mallet into it, whatever he was doing and, and working out. His physical talent was never in question. It was always right here between the eyeballs. So until yep. he can he can prove that's fixed or work on that in a video, then I, this is all just off-season fluff, just, just an, as an aside. All right, let's do it. Let's bring on James from across the pond. Let me bring him into the room here. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen. James Campbell, Ooh. the one and only, at Jolt from the Hold on Twitter. Make sure you're following him. James, dude, how you doing, my friend? Thank you for joining us. Thank you. I'm, I'm doing very well. Thank you. Uh, this is segment number two. Our first one, of course, bringing on one of our superstars from the community was Christy. And that was great. Had a little bit of difficulty technical wise, but the conversation and getting a chance to chat with her and introduce, you know, for people to put faces to names and handles on social media, it's very, uh, it's very useful. So the first thing that Zach and I wanted to get your thoughts on is actually we're dying to know how does someone, especially in America, you know, the United Kingdom feels like it's so far away, whether you're in Colorado or anywhere in the United States, it feels like it's half a world away. And I guess that it is. But how did you become a Broncos fan in the United Kingdom? What's the story there? So really, it started in 2011. So I've not really been a Broncos fan that that long in the grand scheme of things. But I was in sixth form. I was about 17 years old. And there's American football doesn't really feature much in the news or the sports. Um, but um, I saw a little cutout of the team the Tim Tebow led Broncos um, and how they were making the playoffs and Tim Tebow really captivated it for me. Like obviously we've moved from Tim Tebow to Peyton Manning and had so many great quarterbacks in our history. Um, and Broncos have a really rich history that, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's just funny. Like it's that right moment um, in, in history really. Tim Tebow, that was just a whirlwind season. I mean, I think all Broncos fans were excited when Josh McDaniels made the fateful decision to to uh, draft him in the first round. Fans got excited, got a little taste of Tim Tebow toward the end of his rookie year. He had that one start and win against uh, Houston where you guys can probably remember the clip. Nobody, no one else carries the ball right here on the goal line. He's yelling at the, what was it, Eric Studisville, the uh, – the, uh, temporary head coach. Anyway, that 2011 season, though, was just unbelievable because it started off so badly, so poorly with Kyle Orton. And what was it, two and three, two and four, they got out to a start to finally make that change, and Tim Tebow comes in. And it was not pretty offensive football, but when the chips were down and a play had to be made, I think, honestly, there were so many miracle wins that year. And, James, I don't know how well you remember the season, but I think the one game that actually, to me, was the most miraculous, and Zach, you, you probably remember this too, was the start against the Miami Dolphins where they went, it was the final two minutes, and they were down 15 to nothing, and the Broncos won the game. How does that happen? You know, so it's no, it's no surprise, James, that Tim Tebow was, was kind of the lightning rod for you paying attention to the Broncos. That's cool. Yeah, and it was at a point where – I mean, I remember the first international series being put on live television. And um, at, at the time, it was on uh, the main channel, BBC One. It was on free-to-air television. People in the UK could have their, a good taste of American football. Um, 
it was um it was on the television at like one o'clock in the mornings for right. the better part of uh, 30 years on channels four and channels five and that's also how i sort of came across it i was doing my uh, i was actually studying for physics test like it was like january 1st over here so it was week 17 of the 2011 season and mm -hmm. for some goodness reason i i was still up at one half one in the morning when um, like you are now like i am now so <laughs> things rarely change um and it was the victor cruz long touchdown like 77 yards against the dance cowboys and it was like wow oh hello um yeah so that was that was another captivating thing um the very first game of the season um in 2012 um there was all this i, I do remember all the where's peyton manning gonna sign and all the controversy mm -hmm. about him leaving indianapolis you know then moving on for andrew luck who was supposed to be the best quarterback prospect in years yeah. and um week one against the steelers revenge game and tracy porter of all people seals it with a did he go for a pick six but that's uh, right you know so that was that was a great moment james you know the nfl has gotten more popular over the year especially since 2011 when you've been paying attention to the broncos is are you alone do you know any broncos fans in your circle or are they are they a relevant team in england or, or is it mostly cowboys and packers and 49ers the popular teams what are the broncos viewed over over the pond that's a great question i think it generally depends on like your era so actually my uncles of um I, I guess they must have been joe montana fans because one's a 49er fan and the other's a divisional rival fan Chiefs. So <laughs> yeah that's that's painful because we've already we've always had um very contrarian views on our sports teams so it's uh we've never really matched on sports teams but uh it keeps it interesting keeps it fun but um yeah, I mean, I used to play, it was really at university that I sort of did play a little bit of American football as well. So um, mm. there's a very thriving university league. Um, it's in three different divisions. Um, there's a, like an adult league, there's various flag leagues, women's leagues. Um, it is starting to get more popular, I would say. I think a lot has to do with the international series. Um, and also the, the great coverage. <laughs> Yes, Terry, for the Commonwealth. <laughs> <laughs> Had to get that in while you're on screen because, yeah, I know, Terry, uh, that's one of your uh, little, your own little catchphrases that you two use together. So had to get that on the screen. Terry, we appreciate the super, my friend. It's good to Definitely. see you. Um, I know in a previous conversation that you and I had, James, you had planned on making it out to the originally scheduled Broncos-Falcons game this coming year at Wembley Stadium. What was your yeah. reaction, unfortunately, when the NFL, because of the word that shall go unmentioned, decided to cancel that? What was what was your reaction? So one of my best friends that I, I used to play with on the American football team um, is actually a Falcons fan. So um, we often exchange like, a lot of ideas, especially when it comes to the draft. Um, and, you know, just sports, we just bounce everything and... Uh, you know, it was one I was looking forward to because 2012 the Falcons, you know, they gut checked. It was a real gut check to that Peyton Manning, like honeymoon, you know, that was just 
real tight I, in the Georgia Dome. Yep. And yeah, that was the uh, two and three. That was the third loss, right? And then they went on 11-game winning streak in 2012. Was it game two, I think? I remember. Maybe you're right. Was, you're probably right. You probably remember that a lot better than I do, in fact. It was um, it was definitely one of the Monday morning ones, and um, oh, it was it was just a frustrating loss. And then 2016, frustrating loss. You know, it seems like the Falcons only are relevant every four years, right. and <laughs> and you know, 2020, this was it. This was. I honestly do feel that they were going to be a real challenge for our team. Like all that offensive firepower, going to be a tougher than expected defense. But if the Broncos could have beat the Falcons, maybe those, you know, maybe they still would. But um, I, I do think that was just going to be a good one to see. And so much promise in this Broncos team. You know, seeing Drew Locke, seeing what he can do live, and right. you know, seeing how Jerry Judy and you know, Cortland Sutton can really gel. And, oh, it was so disappointing. This was, the year, this was the year that I thought they were really going to take steps forward. Go ahead, Jack. Okay. I was wondering, okay, we know you love Tebow. We know, obviously, you love Peyton Manning. We know you love Super Bowl 50. What, on the other hand, is your most disappointing memory since you've been a Broncos fan, since 2011? What, what do you draw from? First thing that comes to mind. Just... Oh, that Ravens. That Ravens lost the playoffs. <laughs> Raheem Moore. Raheem Moore and Tony Carter's busted coverage. Mm-hmm. We beat them a few weeks before. It's just... With the Chris, Harris, Chris Harris had a huge 90-yard touchdown pick six. Yep. Oh, it was just... And you let Flacco, of all people, beat you with that, <laughs> with that pick six. <laughs> Remember that throw, sorry. So, oh, that that was, I mean, if you're just narrowing it down to just one moment, it's probably that. Yeah. Uh, Trevor Simeon in prime time in 2017. Undefeated Broncos, winless Giants. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Coming off a bye. Zach, Zach remembers that game quite <laughs> yeah, well, I'm sure. That, that was, was an embarrassment. I was going to say to you, pick any moment from the VJ era, and that could be your worst moment as a Broncos fan. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, definitely right up there. Though, though I was kind of hopeful uh, Vance Joseph would uh, would learn from 2017. Uh, I yeah. I remember um, Nick Kendall when he went to Indianapolis for the combine. He actually asked him that question on on my behalf, and the response it was all he knew the right you know the words to say and the responses to say and mm-hmm. it was actually put into practice and. It was one of those that you think maybe it's just a, a, a head coaching gig too soon and maybe yeah. he, going back to being a defensive coordinator will will actually help him in the long run. But frustrating because, you know, the Broncos had pieces and yeah, we didn't build Even that own. 2017 defense, if I'm not mistaken, um, finished, yeah, they were one of two teams. The Vikings were the only other team. Defensively, because everyone thinks, oh, you know, after Super Bowl 50, the Broncos were able to keep most of the pieces together for 2016. That was also a Super Bowl caliber defense, even though they finished nine and seven and missed the playoffs. But it was also a Super Bowl caliber defense in 2017 because they were one of two teams to finish in the top five against both the run and the pass. And only the Vikings, who got all the way uh, to the NFC title game that year, were the other team. But 
James, as we uh, get a little bit long in our segment here, we have a couple more questions for you. We want to know, well, I'm going to, I'm going to give you one more question. Then I want to see what anybody has anyone in the chat specifically for you, James and Buana, if you can, if you can uh, target any, any question you think would be good, have it ready, but what's your outlook on the 2020 Broncos doing the best you can to remove the orange colored glasses, taking them off. <laughs> I've, I've took a little heat uh, a couple weeks ago, for example, for saying that I see nine and seven as the floor for the Broncos. And maybe that is a little optimistic. That's a, maybe a little bit too bullish. Maybe I got a little ahead of myself there, but what's your outlook? What do you see this team doing in 2020? So, I mean, given the current situation, it's very hard to predict, you know, what what the Broncos could do because in a normal season they've got OTAs, you know, they're getting instructions, they've got an extended training camp, they've got extended preseason games so they can tweak everything that's going wrong. Especially for Jerry Judy, you know, someone who's coming in, KJ Hamler coming in, you know, getting that chemistry with Drew Lock, working out the kinks, that's gonna be so critical to this team's development. This is, it's funny how you talk about the identity of the 2017 offense, uh, 2017 team, which is definitely very much their defense. But, you know, this identity of this team is very much on that young offensive core. And how they go is how the Broncos are going to go. So, yeah. ideally, I see a floor anywhere from six wins. I don't think there'll be any less wins than last season. But from six wins all the way up to probably ten wins. But if they get into the if they get into the uh, playoffs, if they get hot at the right time, this is going to be a team that no one's going to be wanting to face. You know, they've got all the tools on defense. They've loaded at every single level. Main question on defense is those cornerbacks, Ojemudia, Borsby. You know, let's just hope they stay healthy. But offense is all looking to be so promising and then set up here. Buona, do you got it? Okay, here we got Terry jumping back in. Appreciate you as always, my friend up in Canada. Sir James, how do you think the players are picking up Don Fangio's defense with only virtual training? Hashtag state of being. Hashtag Broncos world. Very good question. Thank you, Terry. That is a very good question and it would be rude to say to Terry to not say happy canada day <laughs> that's july right 1st. thank you thank you july 1st we, you know, hope everyone in canada is having a good one um so yeah i think it's it's a defense that is going to be predicated on smarts instincts trusting your keys being versatile um so there, there is an element where because it's such a cerebral defense that they are going to pick up a lot through film but I've always believed, you know, with learning, you have to see it and then apply it and do it. Um, so I think that's not going to be a substitute for, you know, and especially with the uh, shortening of the preseason. That's going to be, especially for someone like Fangio, he's, he's probably going to be ripping out his hair because it's going to be so important for his evaluation, not just for the, the 11 starters, but for the people but for the players who are on the back end of the roster or the middle of the roster um, who really need game time snaps, um, I do think that 
it is a very experienced defense. There's not been that many additions to the defense, so they should be able to pick up from where they were last year very quickly. Um, it's just a shame for players like Oja Media who do need that extra support. Well, hey, it's been a blast. We got Christy, of course, jumping in, showing some major love with a extremely generous super chat. Zach, she is uh, the queen of MHA. She says, as the uh, representative for the first installment of Bring It On the Superstars, she says, great job tonight, James. Love the accent, too. I told you. What did I tell you about the accent, James? We talked about this. Glad <laughs> yeah. to see fans from across the way. Really appreciate that, Christy, and your generosity, supporting the channel, supporting the podcast. Terry, you're a rock star, brother. And uh, I concur. In fact, we brought – James has been helping us in a couple of different ways, as you guys know, with MHH. He is uh, an admin on our Facebook group for Mile High Huddle, the super fan group. And then, of course, he's also, you know, helps out Buona Beast in the chat stream during the live podcast. But he's going to be taking an even bigger step forward at Mile High Huddle. He's going to begin writing and publishing articles, written content at milehighhuddle.com. And that's coming here in the very, very near future. And before we cut you loose and say goodbye today, James, I'm curious to know what you have planned for your first article at milehighhuddle.com. So just building off of the Melvin Gordon and Philip Lindsay uh, sort of situation, I do think that it can be a situation that elevates both players, and maybe I'll have a look at a few reasons why that's the case. But, um, right on. That's cool. right on. Cool story. We appreciate you giving us some of your time. I know you'd uh, probably have been in the chat stream regardless. I was going to say thanks for staying up late for us, but you probably would have been here with us anyway. Still, we are grateful for your time, James. It's good to see you. We'll be, of course, hearing from and reading from and seeing more of you here in the near future. But thanks for joining us, bro. Yeah, I'll have to dive back into the chat stream, I think. <laughs> okay, buddy. We'll, we'll see you in there. All right, I'll see Take you. Take it easy, James. There he Thank goes. You. Make sure you – oh, wait, wait, wait. Before we Ooh. before we say goodbye, I forgot to ask you. Jolt from the Holt, that's his Twitter account. Follow him at Jolt from the Holt. What is what the is meaning it? of this Jolt from the Holt, dude? <laughs> Oh, that's one I wanted to answer, so I'm glad we got time to do that. So, for one semester, sorry, for one year, I was actually an exchange student at Idaho State University, the Idaho State Bengals, um, and they play in the Holt Arena, which is um, one of the oldest dome stadiums. It's the oldest dome stadiums uh, still in the United States, um, second only to the Houston Astrodome. And um, I was on the same floor as a lot of the Idaho State football team. So there was a lot of linemen on, on our team. Um, one of them last year, Brian, uh, I'm going to butcher his name, so, uh, but Brian uh, Finan and Ganafo, he was actually worked out by the Broncos last year. So that was pretty cool. Um, awesome. So, like, you know, so many. They that was the one year that they were actually really good. So, they, uh, <laughs> so you're the so, good luck charm. I hope so. And um, <laughs> if I could just quickly mention that there was a few UK-based players who I thought had really helped develop the game. So Elliot Hoyt, um, he signed for the Boise State Broncos. He played for the Boise State Broncos for a few years. Came directly out the high um, the high schools in the UK. Um, played in the British adult leagues as well. Um, so, again, his best player that he played against in practice was Matt Paradis. 
So ah, that's hmm. a nice little connection there. I didn't realize, <clears throat> excuse me, that Elliot Hoyt was from England. Yeah, it says here, originally from England, moved to Boise in 2012. Very interesting. Yeah, so, so that's a really good one. <laughs> hey, here's Poppy jumping in also, showing some love. Awesome. Very generous super chat. Thank you. We got the ladies of MHH really showing out, leading the way here. She says, good to see you on the pod, James. Thank you for all you do. MHH family loves you. Go Broncos. Very Thank sweet, you. Bobby. Yeah, that's very Thank sweet. You, Bobby. Well, James, and here, here's Terry again one more time. Bones. All right, dude. Well, it's, it's uh, again, great to have you on the show. That We'll do this again down the road. And, of course, we all look forward to your first article. That'll be coming here in the very near future. And, of course, you'll be able to interact and connect with James probably most nights on, on the nightly podcast. And then also you want to follow him on Twitter, at Joe from the Hold. Again, James, thanks for joining us, bro. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. All right, buddy. We'll talk to you later. There he goes. Find him on Twitter, guys, at Jolt from the Hole. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. But... Zach, it's just cool to see again. We, you know, we come up with the phrase like state of being and hashtag and all that. It's just cool to see and put names to, fa- to, to faces to names and fa- faces to social media handles and whatnot. It's just all part of connecting and just seeing how vast Broncos country really is and how spread out it really is. It's just, it's, it's stunning. And it's never what you expect it to be. It's never the face that you expect it to be, the personality that you expect it to be. James is, is a really, really cool guy, and he knows this stuff. I'm looking forward to reading his material. I know he has a lot of facts, a lot of statistics. Uh, he's a good addition to the family here, Chad, and uh, he was great on here tonight. I enjoyed uh, listening to him. Amen. Stu, Mr. Zeus McPeak himself, 
from, from the up high, MHH, Mount Rushmore, showing some love. Really appreciate you. Thank Stu you. Stu is going to be probably installment number three of the superstars. I'll be in touch here very, very soon, uh, either to probably tonight or tomorrow. And then we'll, we'll want to arrange something for either next week or the week after Stu. So we'll, I'll talk to you. We'll find out what your schedule is, but as always, brother, we love you. We appreciate your support, but Zach shifting gears here. Um, let me just see really quick before we move on. I want to grab and check on David, who has been under the weather with the word that shall go unnamed. So we're all thinking of David. We're all keeping him in our thoughts and prayers. One of the bona fide superstars, and look at him, rocking the football priest hat, rocking the MHH face mask like a boss. Hope you're doing okay, my friend. He says, just wanted to say hello and really appreciate the support Broncos country has given me. Absolutely. It's great to hear that, Zach. Yeah. It's great to hear the community kind of rally around him. Yeah, that's, that's what we're kind of known for here. We're just a, a tight-knit family. We're not just listeners. We're not just football fans. We're really a community and, and very close-knit. David, I hope you're feeling better. Let us know how you're doing. If you're a little on the mend now, if you're feeling a little better, we've been all thinking of you, praying for you, and uh, we hope that you shake that sooner than later. Also, Eclipse Stormborn, another one of our bona fide superstars, jumping in with a super to say, happy hump day, fellas, and Broncos country. He had a question for James, so maybe James can answer this one in the chat stream. Who are your favorite Broncos? One offensive, one defensive, hashtag state of being. Hashtag let them hate. That is a great question. And Eclipse, I'm sorry I missed that. In fact, now I see here that uh, Buana was trying to clue me into the fact that you had a super waiting for James there. So hopefully James will be kind enough to answer that in the chat stream, and we will all learn and find out who his favorite Broncos are. All right, Zach. Let's shift gears just for a second here and talk about what has been a viral story on milehighhuddle.com. And that is over the last almost 24 hours. And that is Philip Lindsay, who just a couple weeks ago, in fact, Zach, I thought it was interesting. It was exactly two weeks ago from the day he posted this new Instagram that he sent that cryptic tweet about everything looks good on paper. We going to see hashtag. We going to see. Well, Yesterday on Instagram, he posted a series of pictures in his story, and, and there were some moving images of him practicing catching passes. Uh, I want to pull this up really quick. Bear with me one second because it I had it queued up and ready to go, and then I must have clicked on something that disappeared. Hold on. Once, here it is. So let me, instead of trying to explain this to everybody, let me do a quick share screen so you guys can see here. I'm sure most of you have seen the article by now. And thus, you've seen what I'm about to show you. But I just want to, I just want to show this to you guys. So this is me grabbing a few screen grabs from his uh, Instagram. One of which is him catching a pass with the caption, "Like I said, we're gonna see. We're gonna Love see." It. Then it shows a picture of Drew Locke with Drew Locke's uh, handle. Uh, then it shows Lindsey again, another catching a pass. It's all about him, the receiver, working on his game, and. At this point, Zach, we took some heat when we addressed this two weeks ago, his we're going to see tweet, the cryptic tweet. We took a little heat for people saying you're reading way too much into this. This has nothing to do with Philip Lindsay trying to send a message to the Broncos. For all we know, he could be just talking about the hype the Broncos offense is getting this offseason. And, you know, we're going to have to see how it plays out. At this point, Zach, it's unmistakable that he is indeed sending a message not only to the Broncos, but to his critics and maybe even one slightly passive aggressive to to Melvin Gordon. Like, you're going to have to come correct, dude, because I'm working on my game. I am the man here in Denver. If you're going to 
be the starter, you're going to have to take it from me. So at this stage, I don't know how you could deny that. I don't think it's slight. I don't think it's passive aggressive. I think it's right on the nose, Chad. I, I think he's sending a direct message to Melvin Gordon saying, listen, I can catch passes too. It's a, it's a, it's a trait that we learned in peewee in high school and college. I have hands. They work. I can catch passes. But this is the pissed off Philip Lindsay that's been kind of percolating the entire offseason. The last couple of years, he was, I'm not going to say he was uh, scared or, or whatever, passive, you know, beta, but he definitely has an alpha mentality now. And we wouldn't have seen this last year, wouldn't have seen this his rookie year. He he knows he has a chip on his shoulder. He knows it's his job he's fighting for. It's his contract he's fighting for. It's his reputation he's fighting for. He's heard nothing but slander from outside media, from the Broncos themselves not signing him to a contract, bringing Melvin Gordon, from the fan base. He's tired of it, and this is what I love. This is going to make him a better player and the Broncos a better offense by having a pissed-off Phil. And you know what? He wants to prove him wrong. I say hashtag let him hate. Let him keep hating Phil. Let him keep denying you. Let him keep saying you can't catch passes. You're going to star this season. I cannot wait. I love that tweet of yours, by the way, where you basically shared that same sentiment. I included it yeah. in the article because I, I'm with you. I mean, undrafted guys that succeed in the NFL are constantly searching for fuel for the chip on the shoulder because that's what got them to where they were. That's why they they become the beast that they are, including Chris Harris, including CJ Anderson back in the day. And Philip Lindsay, they're, they're always finding something that's going to fuel them, a sense of being disrespected or written off or underappreciated or being slept on. And at this stage, it's all fuel. I love this pissed off version of Philip Lindsay. And I think I'm with you on that, that it could pay some dividends. And real quick, we got Mike Evans, one of our superstars reacting to something that uh, James was talking about in our chat here. He says, I was at the New York home game too, talking about that giants loss week six, 2017. I have never been so embarrassed, super excited about 2020, 10 and six, baby. I feel you, Mike. We, I think we all shared your pain in that particular loss that just was like a punch to the mouth. And shout out, by the way, to Jeff C. here, who brought to my attention the Philip Lindsay Instagram story because it might surprise you, but we don't live on Instagram. I don't live on Instagram. Maybe, Zach, you spend more time mm, on Instagram than I do. Not at all. Honestly, I don't love Instagram other than to keep up the Mile High Huddle uh, Instagram account. So I'm grateful for Jeff, who pinged me, pinged us both, I think, on Twitter, um, bringing our attention to what has turned out to be a very interesting story that fans obviously care about, not just Philip Lindsay sending more kind of shots toward the Broncos, just putting them on notice, you know, just letting them know, dude, I'm working on this. But also it was a little bit of news, Zach, that, I mean, we don't know exactly when those photos were taken and where the clips were from, whether it was after June 20th when the NFLPA doctor came out and said, hey, players, stop practicing until we get to training camp. That We don't know if, if Locke and Lindsey are taking their cues from Tom Brady and saying, look, we, we're going to be socially responsible. We're going to mind our P's and Q's. We're going to wear our mask if we're walking into a Walmart. But we're going to go out and practice. He's wearing his helmet as Lindsey. But Jeff, appreciate you bringing that to our attention. And he says here, Zach, is it me or does it feel like Melvin is already salty? The guy is fighting with the Denver media, already a cancer to the team. He only cares about him. I wouldn't quite go that far, Jeff. I feel what you're saying. They can't already be in a cancer. But, Zach, one thing I think is undeniable is he is very – he's proven already to be extremely sensitive about his Broncos contract. 
You mean the guy who held out for most of last season, Chad? He he's a salty kind of guy. I mean, that's just it's just in his nature. I mean, that's he's a very you know bombastic kind of player. I wouldn't call him a cancer. That's a little extreme considering they haven't played one down of Broncos football yet. But I feel like he's he feels entitled. He got the contract. He got the title. He knows the Broncos want him, and he doesn't want to you know secede that role to Philip Lindsay. He wants to take it for himself. And I understand that. But Philip Lindsay, on the other hand, he's also salty at the outside criticism and Melvin Gordon coming in and, and taking that torch from him. They're kind of at odds. And it's like, if you have drew lock and if you would assign Cam Newton, yeah, they're teammates, but they're quarterbacks. They want to play. They want to start and they want to star for their team. They would have bumped heads. It would have been, uh, you know, just conjecture and it would have been pressure and would have been negative energy in that locker room. And that's what I'm sensing in Melvin Gordon and Phillip Lindsay. And that's on Vic Fangio and the offensive coaching staff to kind of keep them on the same page and not let that animosity boil over to where it becomes a personal feud. It, it, it can make them better, Chad, but it can also work against them in a negative way. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Uh, real quick. Brian, congratulations starting your new job. That's good yeah. for you, my friend. Hope it all goes well. Real quick, Zach, one thing I wanted to bring up is, as James talked about in, in our in this previous segment, he's working on how Melvin Gordon could maybe actually improve Philip Lindsay and how it could end up being a compliment and make the offense better. This is a sentiment that Philip Lindsay himself uh, uh, professed, uh, I don't know, a month ago. He had that Instagram video with Terrell Davis where he talked about and admitted at first he was hurt and upset by the fact that the Broncos decided to give $16 million to Melvin Gordon instead of him. But then in that same conversation with TD, Lindsay went on to talk about how he kind of adjusted his mindset to view it through an optimistic lens, taking some of the focus and pressure off him instead of just running up the gut for first downs. 
he can utilize his speed. He can stay fresh. He can use his, you know, fresh legs and whatnot. And in that spirit, I want to share, I want us all to watch this quick little video. It's only one minute long, but it's something that just came out from the Broncos themselves, Philip Lindsay, uh, talking about his upcoming, what will be not only a competition with uh, Melvin Gordon, but his team, you know, they're going to be teammates. They're going to be brothers on the field. So I want everyone to check this out real quick. Shout out to uh, Broncos Reddit for having this available to us. Uh, nod your – well, I'll, I'll click back. Hopefully you can hear this. Yeah, I mean, definitely is a positive in the long run. It's a long season, so you need more than one back to do it. Uh, you know, like I said, you know, it's a good addition to us. You know, from my reaction at the end of the day, does it matter? You know, it's if he's here. You know, I'm here, and when I get the opportunity to, to be in the game, I'm going to make explosive plays. That's what it's all about, you know, and, and I go from there. Have you had a chance to get together as an offense? I know that Drew's been doing some of those workouts. Yeah, I mean, we've been able to, to get together as much as we can, uh, you know, with social distancing. So, yeah, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a big year for, for Drew, you know, so it's good to have everybody around him, you know, trying to trying to get better and for him to, to uh, continue to build trust with everybody and, for him to just show his leadership, you know, being being as young as he is. Do you feel like you have a new purpose now? You know, you got a family. I definitely, I definitely, you know, it it, it brings something else to, to to the table for me, and you know, it does you know at the end of the day, it does make it a big deal to be able to feed my kid, and that's what it comes down to. And the fact is, like, I'm gonna do that. So it doesn't matter who's who who they pay for or who they they brought in. Uh, you know, they got to get through, you know, through you know, me. And it's, it's, it's very hard to do that. Love that. Got to get through me, Zach. And obviously, Lindsay, very, very bullish on Drew Locke. But what does it matter how I feel about Melvin Gordon? He's here, but he's going to have to get through me. A sentiment I think we both nod our heads to when we hear that because we've been basically pounding the table. And you guys hear me say this all the time, Zach. Not one running back that has ever crossed orbits with Philip Lindsay has been able to keep him off the field. Now, maybe as a former first round pick, Melvin Gordon ends up being that guy, but I'll believe it when I see it. He's here. I, I love that so much. It's like, you know what? I can't control the Broncos brought him in, whatever. He's in the locker room. What he didn't say was the typical uh, cliches and platitudes. Oh, he's a great running back. I've always looked up to him. I've always respected him. I've watched him play. He didn't say any of that. He is not mincing words. He is not BSing anyone, Chad. He is legitimately motivated and, and very much ticked off with the arrival of Melvin Gordon. And like he said, he'll show everyone what he can do. It doesn't matter who's standing in his way. It doesn't matter what accolades this running back would have ahead of him. He will show what he's capable of. And I literally cannot wait to see Philip Lindsay prove them wrong. Let them hate for now. He talked about feeding his, his new son. And by the way, you can tell that that is Philip Lindsay's boy. Looks a lot like his daddy. <laughs> but uh, He talked about, you know, Hey, I got to feed my, my son and I'm going to do that. Let, let me clue everybody into, this is a good juxtaposition to kind of see here. Philip Lindsay is going to make 750K this year. Now, look, for the average Joes that out here, we're working jobs, we're doing our thing. That's a lot of lettuce for the average Joe. But in the grand scheme of things, and in comparison to Melvin Gordon, who's going to make over $8 million this year, I mean, that's more than 10 times mm. what Philip Lindsay is going to earn. That's good. That's point. why you have an upset Philip Lindsay because he's already put the blood, sweat, and the tears on the field. John Elway opened the door and left it open to the idea of an extension. So it's understandable. I think 
whether whatever your view is on Melvin Gordon, I would hope that fans can at least understand why Lindsey was taken aback and initially upset. Not just initially, as you could even see, there's a little bit salty in that interview that was just done to date. So hopefully fans understand that. And did everyone happen to notice the video of him catching that pass? Just one-handed it like nothing. There wasn't any bobble. It wasn't like it went off his hands. He can catch passes. I tweeted about it. There's a video up on my Twitter. Go check it out. He can catch passes, and he's going to be very explosive this year with the ball in his hands. He's going to make it so, Chad, the Broncos have to think long and hard about taking him off the field in favor of Melvin Gordon. All right, let's grab this super chat from Duke Boynton. And by the way, Duke, Hope everything's going okay with your little ones. Hope everyone's doing all right in your yeah. family, my friend. We really appreciate your support on Super Chat. He says, off the wall question, been stewing about this all day. Why don't coaches wear suit and ties anymore? Probably would be a better question for the open mailbag, but I wouldn't. I won't be able to make that pop. No worries, dude. Um, yeah, I mean, the last coach I can remember wearing that attire like or Nolan. something close. What, what did you say? Mike Nolan. Mike that's Nolan. Why, that's why I associate with that. Yeah, Mike Nolan. It was one of the last of that uh, era guys to kind of wear the collar and the and the tie. But I'm thinking Don Shula, even in the mm. '80s. Tom Landry before he eventually, uh, you know, I can't remember if he stepped down or was fired from the Cowboys. But why that changed? I think it was more a matter of utility. To be honest with you, I think coaches, you know, you get out in the hot sun, you're sweating your you know what off and when your neck is collared up and you got a tie and you, it's just, I think it was more a matter of comfort than it was really image, whether that's right or wrong. I'm, I don't know, but I think that's the biggest reason why it changed. It's like flying on an airplane now. I mean, in, back in the old days, you wear a suit, you would dress up for. I know when I fly now, I'm throwing on a hoodie and sweatpants and a hat and, or a beanie. So it, it's just one of those things where it's it, it's the new age kind of look. It's for comfort. And, you know, the NBA, I give them credit. They always wear, the coaches always wear suits on the court. And that's a yeah. tradition they've had for a while and never gone away from that. So I, I like that aspect of, of, of basketball. Black Knight 232 jumping in with a very generous wow. super chat. Appreciate you, my friend. I totally forgot to help you set up the banners. Here's a 20 to super to make up for what he's talking about guys is uh, as he's a, he's a streamer on Twitch, which is primarily a, a platform utilized by gamers, right? The gaming uh, community. And uh, he reached out to me a while back saying, Hey, I can help you. Cause I'm kind of ignorant how to, how to other than actually streaming and posting on Twitch, kind of ignorant on how to utilize the platform for the best purpose for MHH. And he's offered to help out, and he helped put together some banners, long story short. So, Black Knight, appreciate that. Yeah, You didn't have to do that, but we will hook up, and you can walk me through that. Maybe this weekend, I don't know what you got cooking with it being the fourth, but uh, maybe we can figure something out. All right, let's see what else we got here. Zach, uh, we are at 48 minutes. Um, Christy jumping in to say, appreciate that, Christy, but she says, can't wait to see Stu. You got some pressure building up, Zeus. I hope you come <laughs> correct, dude. No, it's no big deal. As you can see, when we had Christy on, when we had James on, you know, the best way to view it, if you are one of the superstars that we invite onto the show, is it's just you're just talking football. You're just right. talking with people that you know, that you talk to and see every single day. Forget the fact that, you know, you're you're being streamed to thousands of people. Forget the fact that thousands of people will listen to it after the fact. Forget all that. In the moment, the mindset is, hey, I'm just here talking football. I'm talking about something I'm knowledgeable about. I'm talking about something I'm passionate about. 
So, Stu, we do look forward as well to having you on the show. We'll be ironing those kinks out here very soon and making those arrangements. And I love how supportive everyone is. You know, after Christy went and, and then people like James wanted to see other people and people wanted to see James. And after James went, we want to see other people. It, our community chat and how close to everyone is, it's just, it's, it's, it's incredible to me. It really is. It really is. We have Christian jumping in with the super. Appreciate that. Yeah, look friend. at that. Wants to be installment number four. Maybe we, uh, we have some plans. We have some things in the works, but I will, we will get back to you on that, Christian. Uh, maybe not number four, but in the near future, we'll see. Yeah. We, you're, you're on the list, my friend. Your support is very much appreciated and your membership in the MHH community is very much valued. So you are definitely on the list, my friend. Um, all right, let's see what else we got here. And here, by the way, this is James. Oh, Ryan, showing some love on Super Chat. Really appreciate that, Ryan. Thank you, my Thank friend. You. That's very cool. Uh, we got an answer. Of course, Eclipse had a had this super chat question for James, who his favorite Broncos are. James' answer is, current favorite Bronco on offense is Drew Locke. As he goes, the Broncos will go, which is absolutely true. But everything I've seen and heard is so positive. Favorite on defense. And notice how the Brits use a U in favorite there, Zach. That's a difference yeah. between our English and their English. I think I think color. Canada is like that too. Yeah, neighbor, color. Mm-hmm. I always found it interesting. But his favorite, <clears throat> excuse me, on defense is Justin Simmons. So good to know. Appreciate you getting yep. to that, James. Um, here's BG jumping in to say, Chad and Zach. And by the way, BG is the all-time single super chat record holder at MHH. He holds the record. He's, a, he's the only one in the 400 club, which absolutely just flabbergasted Zach and I when it happened. We, we love does. you. We, you know we appreciate you, bro. And he's saying here, if the Broncos go five and zero to start the season, I'm gonna donate five hundred, breaking the donation record. Start a new job soon. Well, focus on your job, my friend. And uh, if the Broncos do end up starting five and zero, you don't you don't have to worry about sending us the coin. Just having you in the uh, in the chat is is good enough for us. All right, let me see what else we've got here. I mean, as far as news, Zach, nothing nothing's happened. Nothing's changed. In terms of the last time we talked to you guys on Monday, nothing really new breaking. We've already covered it. Glenn here jumping in, $5 super. He says, Thank you, Glenn. Loving the show as always, guys. Also love the camaraderie of the MHHers. So supportive of each other, a reflection of the tone you both set. Uh, very cool of you, Glenn. Thank you. Very sweet, my friend. We do appreciate that. And we agree with you on that. We agree that the community, this community, the best thing about how this podcast has grown is seeing how the community has come together and grow uh, and grown right along with the podcast. And in fact, one doesn't go without the other. So uh, Miller 707 champ jumping in Chad and Zach, what are your plans for the fourth? My fiance, uh, fiance and I are just going to sit on the roof and watch fireworks that the neighbors fire off. Ha ha. I live in the ghetto. Um, For me, Zach, uh, you know, it's, it's, actually a little bit of a staycation. We're not going anywhere. We're not doing anything. We're holding down the fort. So I'll probably be catching up on some yard work around the house, getting some content up at MHH. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, we'll figure out a way to enjoy the fireworks on the actual fourth, which I believe is Saturday night. Yeah. I don't have any special plans. Everything's closed around here. And, uh, you know, the fireworks go off at random times of, of the week, every single week, regardless if it's a holiday or not. So to me, I don't want to sound boring, but it's pretty much just another day. Probably just be working as usual. Sinji wants to know, yeah, I mean, you're a sick maniac. You're a machine. You're a machine. And, you know, and that's something, honestly, that when our paths crossed, so it was complete 
football serendipity. The football gods put us, Zach and I, our paths, uh, you know, where we crossed. And one thing at that point, what was that? I want to say spring of 2018 is when we ended up teaming up. Yeah. And at that point, MHH had existed for four or five years and done very, very well. But one thing I learned something from Zach when we first teamed up, and that was just his relentless work ethic, getting up one, two articles a day. That's for chumps, dude. That's that's (laughs) for sitting on your hands, twiddling your thumbs. That's how you get left in the dust in the sports digital media landscape. And so Zach is an animal. He he works his his butt off. Um, G jumping in. How many rushing yards combined will Phil and Melvin have in 2020? Zach, I don't remember off the top of my head because I didn't end up – that was one of the podcasts I missed because of the funeral. But you did that pod reacting to the SI projections. Wasn't it somewhere around 1,600, 1,700 combined rushing yards, something like that? And that's what I think it'll be. Neither of them will crack 1,000 yards unless Melvin Gordon just has a, a Pro Bowl-type season. But I could see 800 yards apiece for them, and I could see you know 600 yards more in receiving. They were very low projections on, on Melvin Gordon's receiving yards. In fact, I think they projected more receiving touchdowns for Philip Lindsay, so I, that kind of caught me by surprise. But yeah, I could see 16 to 1,700. I wouldn't look for 2,000 or over. I, I The Broncos are not going to have 2,000-yard rushers because you can't – you got to keep just playing them by the down, by the distance, by the opponent, by the by the game flow. 16-17, Chad, is the wheelhouse, I think, for both those running backs. Terry Randall jumping in, and I agree, uh, jumping in with a $2 super up in Canada to say, very active on Super Chat tonight. Appreciate you, Terry. Um, Philip Lindsay equals 1,200 yards rushing. Hashtag let him hate. Zach, if in fact Philip Lindsay – the, the pissed off version of Philip Lindsay that we were just talking about a few minutes ago. If that's how it comes out in the wash, I wouldn't put 1200 yards completely out of the realm of possibility, but I think because of the money they're going to be paying Melvin Gordon, no matter how right. dominant, no matter how emphatic Lindsay's win is in terms of the competition for the nominal starters job, no matter how much he makes it clear, he's the superior back by virtue of the money that they're paying Melvin Gordon, he's gonna see the field a lot, regardless of how good Philip Lindsay is. So getting to 1200 yards, it's not outside completely, but I think back Zach to 2005. And that was the last great season of Mike Shanahan in Denver, when the Broncos got to the AFC title game uh, with Jake Plummer. And I want to say, I can't remember which one was over a thousand. It was either Tatum Bell or Mike Anderson. Actually, I think it was Anderson that got over a thousand that year. I could be wrong, but it's one of the two, but they were, the other one was like 980 yards or something. They both almost got to, one was over a thousand and the other one almost got to a thousand. But remember that was in the Mike Shanahan zone blocking scheme where you still had Tommy Nalen at center. If I'm not mistaken, Matt Lepsis at left tackle, Ben Hamilton uh, at the guard position. I'm trying to remember right tackle, but anyway, you still had in peak form, the Mike Shanahan, Bobby Turner running backs uh, coach. I don't know if Alex Gibbs was still around by that point, but those those philosophies were still in existence, which, you know, nothing against Pat Shermer, but his offense is, is quite different than Mike Shanahan. So both of them approaching 1,000 yards, I think that might be beyond the pale. But still, I can't completely rule it out because they both are extremely talented running backs. 
If Melvin Gordon was on the roster, I'd say he's absolutely capable of hitting 1,200. If not more than that, he, he's a phenomenal talent, and he's way more of a workhorse than fans think he is and the Broncos think he is. But like you said, Chad, which I agree with, the Broncos, based on the virtue of Melvin Gordon's contract, they're going to play him over and over and over again. They're going to make him the de facto workhorse just to justify that contract. That's why I was saying with those projections, if Philip Lindsay ends the season with more receiving touchdowns than the guy they brought specifically for that role and paid $16 million to, it's going to blow up in the Broncos' face. So they're going to make it seem like he's going to be the guy, and they're going to feed Melvin Gordon until they have a reason not to feed him anymore. And that reason could be Philip Lindsay. All right, let's grab J-Bone, Justin Statler jumping in wow. with a generous super chat. Appreciate you, you, bro. It's good to see you in the stream. He says, got a son to feed, and I will do that, quoting Philip Lindsay at the end of that video clip we played. Visualize, then actualize. Leave no room for failure. I love that. Visualize, then actualize. I've lived most of my life with that mentality. The number 30 shows in the video. Let me tell you, nothing stops a man with that mentality. Hey, man, good stuff. I love hearing that. That's a, I love that. Visualize and actualize. That's, I like that, that verbiage that. I, it seems like Lindsay became a man this offseason, not just because he had a kid. It's just he's really grown into himself and he's feeling his oats, Chad, and he realizes what he's capable of. And he knows he should have been paid. He, he's a homegrown guy, 2,000 yard seasons, Pro Bowl not under his belt, done everything the Broncos asked of him, and yet he couldn't be rewarded. I, I just love the mentality and at having a kid now, having a family, having his own place, not living in his, his parents' house, it, it, it made him grow up fast. And I think that changed his whole mentality and the way he's thinking. I agree with that comment. Nothing will hold him down. And now he's way more motivated because he's not just feeding himself. He's feeding his child and his family. Amen. All right, guys. <clears throat> we got time for one or two more. And then we got to get out of here for tonight. Here's Terry jumping back in. He wants to be uh, the number seven superstar show. And I think we can definitely make that happen, Terry. I think yeah. that's definitely something we can do. It'll be fun. We 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 got to see your face for the first time just recently when you updated your profile pic in the MHH hoodie and show seeing. I mean, you had a profile pic before that I think it was showing your back, right? It was from the back or something. So it was good to put a put a face to your name, but it'll be even better to to talk to you on the show. So we'll be in touch about that, and maybe we can fit these in. I mean, Zach, here we are, July first. We're still four weeks out from camp. So we got plenty of time. This is probably the key opportunity to, to start weaving in even more of the superstars into these particular shows before we get into the season in earnest. And not to say that we won't bring people on during the season, but now's the perfect time. James, you don't have to do that, my friend. We really do appreciate you supporting the pod and supporting the, the channel, but you don't have to do that, bro. He says, I have to say MHH community is family. Broncos fans are so knowledgeable, engaged with their team. Great to have belonging. Hashtag Broncos World. Hashtag State awesome. of Being. Shoot him yeah. a follow, guys. At Jolt from the Holt on Twitter. Yep, hit him up. He's quality cat. Good dude. And uh, yes, Duke. A absolutely, my friend. Like the adage of stop, drop, and roll. <laughs> like, subscribe, and share. Just don't do that if you're on fire. <laughs> Amen. Words to so live back by. I think that's as good a time as any to wrap up tonight's show. We just yep. crossed the one hour mark. So big thanks to James for joining again. It's at Jolt from the hole on Twitter. Follow him not only because he's a very knowledgeable uh, Broncos fan and member of the community, but he's going to be publishing content on the biggest Broncos website on the internet at milehighhuddle.com. And by the way, credit to you guys in the community. Once again, 
Mile High Huddle was the number one team site on the Sports Illustrated Network this past month of June. That's how it is, and that's a credit to you guys. We work hard to bring you the content. We work hard to bring you the analysis and the news and the videos and the pods. But without you guys clicking the links, reading the articles, watching the videos, showing up for the pods and listening, none of it would be possible. So we thank you for, for your support, and it's a credit to you guys. But, Zach, if we didn't get to someone's question tonight or a topic you guys wanted, We'll tomorrow. be back tomorrow for the Mile High Mailbag. So make sure you join us same time as usual tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Mountain, 7 Eastern, and, or excuse me, 8 Eastern, and we will get to your questions um, if we miss them tonight. Make sure you're following the pod, at Huddle Up Pod on Twitter, at Mile High Huddle while you're at it. And then my partner, guys, you got to make sure you're following Zach Kelberman on Twitter, at Kelberman NFL, myself, at Chad and Jensen. And one last gentle reminder, subscribe. If you're on YouTube right now, hit subscribe. It really helps the channel like and share. And uh, again, big, big thanks to James. It was great. He did. I thought he did quite well. Zach, well-spoken knows what he's talking about. Personable dude. It was good talking to him. Yeah. Fan favorite already too. So a lot, lot of positive feedback. I, I was enjoying listening to how, what he was talking about and how he described himself as a Tim Tebow fan first. And then he, be, he blossomed into a Broncos fan. So it was a, a cool story. I think a lot of fans can relate to that. I mean, even fans who are already Broncos fans, love them, love the offense, hate the offense, whatever your perspective was on that Mike McCoy, Tim Tebow offense. He captivated not only a, a fan base in Broncos country, but he dominated the media landscape that year. Everything yeah. was about Tebow. And so I think there are a lot of people out there that became fans of the Broncos in different parts of the world, like James, because of the notoriety and the elevation and profile that Tebow gave the Broncos. And then Peyton Manning took that right. elevation and just blasted it into the stratosphere. So anyway, gang, we'll get out of here for tonight. We'll be back tomorrow night. Thanks to each and every one of you for joining us, contributing in the chat stream. It's a mile high salute to our super chat superstars. You guys, we love you. And uh, shout out to Buona Beast for doing his thing in the chat stream and helping us produce these podcasts. Make sure you follow him on Twitter too. What is it? At John K, I believe. K-A-Y, J-O-N-K-A-Y-M-H-H. Find him on Twitter as well. But Zach, have a great night, bro. We'll see you again tomorrow night. Looking forward to the mailbag as always, Chad. Favorite night of the week. All right, guys, for Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you tomorrow night. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, 
impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal.